And welcome, everybody, to another Tiny Toons episode of the Animaniacast. Action! Ah, mango fruit. <laughs> Not fruit, juice. Mango juice. Let's do it again. Action! Ah, mango drink. <laughs> juice! Mango juice! Ah, mango liquid refreshment. Ah, mango mango. I'll take Charlie Weaver to block. You imbecile! You call yourself an actor? Give me that! You open the bottle and say... Ah, mango juice! Print that! And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Talkin' Tiny Tunes. Yes, this is the spinoff series of the Animaniacast. And today we're talking all about another episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. We're going to be revisiting our favorite jokes. Of course, the cultural references, and there are quite a few in this one. And then in the end, we're going to give this episode of Tiny Toon Adventures a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my little brother, Nathan. Ah, mango juice. Bang. (laughs) Mango wango. Uh, And across the country (laughs) in Georgia, there's Kelly. Hello. Hello. Well, yes, this episode, uh, we're going over Con Ducky. Yes, it's episode... 11 from season 2 of Tiny Toon Adventures. This is an episode that was voted on once again by our patrons over at patreon.com slash animaniacast. They tell us what to do and they give us great suggestions and this is one that has been on some lists quite for some time and I do remember this one as a kid uh, specifically Hampton getting hit on the head uh, stands out for me. <laughs> But what do you guys uh, think? Do you first of all, do either of you remember this episode um, when it was originally shown, or at least do you remember seeing it before today? <laughs> uh, barely. No. I think I vaguely remember the mango juice scene, but yes. like it's just like re- like rewatching it made me laugh because I was like, I think I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like scratching that itch in your childhood mm-hmm. brain. You're like, yeah, yeah I, this is this is looking familiar. Yeah. Well, Kelly doesn't remember it, but let me mm-hmm. ask you, Kelly, if someone were to ask you in just a few words to like describe this story, uh, what would you tell them? Um, it's based on a book because I think Kantiki was actually a book before it was a movie. Oh, maybe by by Thor Heyerdahl. And I know this because um, Jeopardy. Oh, there you go. Back back when I used to watch it. <laughs> and uh, Nathan, what about you? Um, well, imagine putting the Titanic and Star Wars and E.T. <clears throat> and putting them all together 
this isn't quite that good, but um, it's pre- it's a pretty good episode. So. Yeah, it certainly doesn't have the same budget as then, but yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I actually went and and watched the movie Con Tiki in preparation for today's discussion. It's You're a, supposed they, to watch Con Ducky, Joey. No, I darn it. No, <laughs> this is wrong. This is, I thought we were just talking going about completely a, different things now. Oh man. Oh. No, I watched both. I watched Kanducky oh, okay. first, and then I watched Kantiki. <laughs> so I had to say, like, okay, what's the similarities? And I guess, yeah, I, I would see that there could be a, a book up on this before. I I was I first heard about the um, the movie I think when I was in college, and we were going over migration patterns in anthropology, and yeah, the 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 folks who were originally in the Kantiki ship had a theory that people in South America migrated to, I think it was the Polynesia, I want to say, uh, because they noticed that there was a lot of similarities in their art and their, like, statues and stuff like that. So, I don't know. Oh, so um, the book Kantiki has been translated into 70 languages. Wow. And a dramatized version of uh, the story was released in 2012, and it was nominated for the Best Foreign Language Oscar at the 85th Academy Awards. Well, there you go. See, I saw saw the 19... I think the movie that I saw was like in 1950. Yes, it says 1951. That one won an Academy Award as well. And it is... It's it's a very different documentary style than people... Like, you can watch it for free on Pluto, and, you know, you could pay a couple bucks and watch it on Amazon Prime. Uh, but it's a very different uh, style than people are used to today. It's not very flashy. It is, but it's very interesting to kind of watch the people actually on the boat, the real people on the boat. Um, but yeah, some of the documentary techniques that we're used to, such as the Ken Burns effect and things like that, you know, they're not there. They just show you like, and here we were fishing and it'll show like just a slideshow of different people doing things on the boat so you know it's it's almost like you're listening i would almost suggest just uh listening to it more than necessarily watching it i was basically listening to it and every now and then i'd look at my phone to see oh what does that look like there's a lot of things about whales almost taking their boat down and uh but yeah we'll talk about it more as we go but Nathan, before we get into our discussion of Con Ducky, though, can you please tell us when did this episode first premiere? This episode came out on Monday, uh, February 10th of 1992, which, as we all know, was the same day the IRS and Willie Nelson settled on a $9 million tax bill. Um, this wow. was out of uh, $16.7 million that the IRS wanted. So I don't know. The details of that sounds kind of interesting. Like, I don't know. Uh, Willie Nelson (laughs) apparently owed a lot of taxes. That sounds vaguely (laughs) familiar as a kid hearing about Willie Nelson and taxes. Um, This was uh, four days before the release of the movie Wayne's World. Um, And this was one day before the birth of Taylor Lautner. Lautner. Do you know who that is? The name is... The werewolf from Twilight. Yes. Jacob. He was also Shark Boy in Shark Boy and Lava. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's what i always know bro. <laughs> well very appropriate dealing with sharks since we have a lot of water exactly we got the shark boy himself here so <laughs> well let's go ahead and get into our discussion of con ducky 
and Con Ducky was written by Sherry Stoner, Peter Hastings, and Stephen Hibbert. It was directed by Rich Ahrens. And Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in the first half of Con Ducky? Uh, well, we open with Buster telling us that we're going to see a movie uh, by... Uh, I don't know, some movie. So we're going to, oh, okay, we got to watch a movie or something. So we open uh, title screens. Uh, we get to this. It's very cinematic. Uh, Con Ducky, uh, produced and created by Plucky Duck. Like, he's done everything. Catered it. He did everything. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we open up. We're in the traveling log. There's a traveling group. And Plucky's talking about his ancient ancestors from the 1970s, how they migrated to the country. Um not by flight, as is hypothesized, but he thinks they uh, sailed here by boat. And what's more, I shall construct my ship using only materials that my ancestors had back in 1977. You mean things like mood rings, man? Or the uh, midi skirt, uh, platform shoes? And I shall do it in 21 days. Let the adventure begin! <laughs> using only the materials that they had available at the time of the 1970s. Ooh. Specifically um, 1977. Which 1977, is, yes. Uh, which makes me think of Star Wars immediately. Because I can <laughs> well, think of- Star, Star Wars and Close Encounters. Ooh, okay, okay. So good, See, it's a good year in the 70s. It's a good year of movies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he has to create a boat. Um he mostly has his uh, assistant do it, which is Hampton, who's playing. So Plucky's not playing Plucky. He's because he's in a movie. He's playing Conducky, right? And he has, his his friend is Bon Voyage or what's his Kumbaya. Kumbaya. <laughs> <laughs> bon Voyage sounds cool though. Bon Voyage, yeah. I would have almost gone for that more than Kumbaya, but I guess Kumbaya is somewhat seventies ish, a guess. little bit more sixties ish, but whatever. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, we, um, he's building the boat and immediately it sinks and then we do it again and then it sails off. Fine. So there's a like a lot of like little joke gags. There's also, uh, the little birdie, uh, not what's, what's Shirley, Sweet, Shirley, Sweet. right? Well, no, it's, um, Sweetums. the other duck. Like Sweetums. Sweetie, Sweetie, Sweetie. Yeah. Sweetums is the like, Muppet. It's like Tweety. <laughs> Sweetums is the Muppet. Sweetie is the bird on Tiny Toons. Yeah. So Sweetie's there as well. She's just doing the generic parrot jokes and everything like that. And this is Little Parrot, along for comic relief and bemused, better overused asides. Yeah, it's a living. So uh, they're sailing off. Um, they're have no wind so it's terrible plucky's got his finger stuck and it's like 18 days later or something and we're still no wind um and then plucky decides hey i will do the ancient wind dance or the wind song i know i'll do my ancestors ancient dance to the wind god the wind god yes straight pig Giver of wind to the noble sailor, he has been alive forever. And he wrote the very first song. Oh, oh, wind in my sails, bending my rails. Oh, oh. And uh, then all of a sudden the wind starts blowing. It's like, oh my gosh. And uh, Sweetie's like blowing a fan and saying, hey, I got I had to get him to shut up some way. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, next they... Uh, 
they suddenly are up against a giant boat is going to crush them. And uh, Kentucky's like, oh, no, I were uh, to Hampton, Kumbaya, uh, you are captain now. So now Kumbaya is captain. And he's like, what am I supposed to do? Tell him to stop. And Sweetie's like, exactly. So she does a little toll thing. The whole boat comes to a screeching halt, gives them some money and goes around them and they're fine. We did it. I am a good leader. Decisions made in stressful situations don't count. And then Kentucky's like, oh, I'll take this back. Um, oh, I forgot to mention this boat's sinking. <laughs> <laughs> Kentucky opened a hole in the boat. Um, the whole boat's sinking. So also they're about to get hit. But then they dodge that. He takes the captain home back. And then, uh, but then like, oh, we're still singing. He's like, okay, well, you could be captain again. So then uh, Kumbaya fixes the ship. And then Kentucky takes the captain hat once again. Good work. You're demoted now. I'm the leader. And we're good. So, um, and then, you know, they, they're sailing. It's like day 21. And... They hit an island and we're like, we'll never get there. But the important thing is that we're friends. And then they're like, hey, but we are here. And then he's like, aha, I did it myself. I did it! Yahoo! <laughs> Wait a those Papa's Explorer Club buffoons care about this! I, Luck Heyerdahl, am the bravest explorer of all time! They are into the island of Salinas is the area that they're trying to get. Which, so, yes, which is off of Monterey, I believe, in California. I guess. And like immediately they, they headed off in the complete opposite direction. So it was kind of a it was they could have got there a lot quicker if they just went <laughs> Well, there we go. So we had we had a, a lot of uh, uh, references in this one right here. Uh, we had, a, I mean, obviously a ton of seventies uh, snacks and and music. Do we have all the seventies items that, like my ancestors, I've brought with me on this journey? Yes, Captain Buck. The Popeil Pocket Fisherman. Check. The Presto Individual Hamburger Maker. Check. A pair of clogs. Check. Extra polyester shirts with enormous cuffs and collars. Check. Some pet rocks. Check. Really big headphones. Check. A full-length keep-on trucking poster. Check. Peter Frampton, the Bee Gees, and ABBA ate track tapes. Keeping with my theory, we prepared to dine on the delectable food my ancestors did back in the ancient 1970s. Here you go. Hamburger helper, fiddle faddle, cheese whiz, and screaming yellow zonkers with a delicious glass of bubble up to wash it all down. It's just crazy. Like the, this was 15 years after 1977, right? So 1992. Yeah. So then it's now been like 30 years since this episode. <laughs> That's kind of crazy to think about. Wow. <laughs> Thanks oh like, for making me feel so old. I know, but you think about it like it's like, oh, that nostalgic time back like 15 years ago, 2006. It's like how yeah. many like little snacks like it was um, it, things are pretty much the same culture wise in a lot of ways as they've been like the past 20 years. 
It's, yeah, it, it looks the it, drastic change between 1977 and 92 was yeah. a lot bigger than it was between 2006. The whole and, later half of the century of the 20th century, it seems like every decade had its own style, and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden, this new millennia, and when we're like, you know what, just technology changes. Well, now we're just bringing back styles that have already happened. Like, you know, 70s has been kind of big this last year with the prairie dresses or something. I think that's Oh, yes, that's right. Yep. It has kept me from not buying any new clothes, which is good for my (laughs) my bank account. Uh, But, yeah, there's a a lot of of references here to to other stuff as well. You know, we had Gilligan's Island go by, Mm -hmm. the mutiny on the bounty. And was it? 20,000 leagues under the sea? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I thought I saw the Nautilus. Because, yeah, yeah, he was, uh, yeah, it was Kirk Douglas. Uh, I was wondering who that was. I, was like, yeah, I, I kept wanting to say Kirk Russell, and I was like, I know that's not who that no, is. No, it's not Kirk, yes. But I don't think it was Maurice LaMarche doing his Kirk Douglas this time. Really? Like, I yeah. thought it sounded like him. Uh, let's, I don't know. We'll have to check the It look. sounded like Michelangelo from Hooked on a Ceiling to me. Oh, boy. I, I don't know. It might... I might have it in the show notes too. It's possible. Okay. No. Oh, Kurt Douglas by Maurice Lamarche. Yeah. Wow. Well, he was an early. It was an early Kirk Douglas. Uh, yeah. I, I know it. my hooked on a ceiling voices. <laughs> These cameos make me want to puke. Well, he does it the best. I mean, he his his Kirk Douglas is always fantastic. So. Nice to see that return right there. And I think it might have. I think I might have just thought it sounded different because just the caricature of Kirk Douglas looked so uh, just slightly different. So maybe that had some effect mentally on my brain. I don't know. I'm trying to justify why I thought it was somebody. Why you're wrong? Why I'm wrong? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, but I guess we should basically talk more about like just how it's kind of similar, or different than the the actual movie. Uh, the raft itself that they were uh, making this time it's it's made out of seventies furniture, which uh, I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. In the original movie, uh, they make the raft out of the same materials that an ancient sailor would use. So they used balsa wood logs. Uh, the you know the actual balsa wood, you know the stuff that breaks over your head and everything in the movies. Well, they used balsa wood, the actual tree trunks. They put it together, and they didn't even use like screws or anything like that. They used uh, wooden planks to kind of hold and the rope to hold it all together. And they uh, just like Plucky, using you know having all this different food and everything that's from the seventies. They only I don't I don't think they brought any water with them necessarily. They just ate yeah, fish. Did they not have water back then? <laughs> no. They, well, they probably should have brought a little invention, bit of water. So. But, but yeah, they drank the, you know, the, the what do they call it? The lymph node. The seawater. No, they didn't. They drank a lot of seawater. Actually, they kind of <laughs> did. They said that when it rained, they would, they would take a mixture of rainwater and like 60% rainwater and 40% seawater and mix it together mm. so that they could drink it while going on this boat. And Plucky is very, you know, he keeps saying he wants to get across in 21 days or something like that. And they were out there a much longer. I want to say it was over 100 days at sea. And they were just going off of the, the current uh, of the, you know, the sea current uh, straight out to Polynesia. 
and using the wind as well, which it doesn't seem like they ever got stuck like Plucky did because it always seemed like they were moving. But it took the journey did take a lot longer. So anyway, uh, there were also was I was a little worried when I was watching the movie. Like, is there going to be a kumbaya kind of <laughs> character in this? But there's not. It's just a bunch of bunch of uh, Explorer Club people <laughs> trying to <laughs> go from one place to the other. Uh, and there was a parrot, like Sweetie, oh. but the parrot uh, did not stay throughout the entire trip. I think they said after the 60th day, a storm came and it left. No. Oh. And I hope that that bird survived, but I don't know about Hard. It doesn't like it's it nowhere would have land. Yeah. Yeah, there was no land. They kept saying like there are all these like fish would basically just jump right into the boat sometimes. Uh, the, the flying fish would just jump in the boat and they had a bunch of other fish that they would have to, they didn't have any fishing lines really. Uh, they would have hooks that they would just kind of put off the boat and fish would grab it and they would hit them on the head. On the, It's a very interesting documentary. Did, I, they I, have, I, did they see sharks? They did see sharks and they got, <gasps> they killed some sharks too, which I was like, oh, Ooh. don't kill the sharks. But then I was also like, yeah, but I guess you're out there in the middle of nowhere and if you just let the sharks just be they would probably get into your boat because just like plucky where you kind of have this raft there was you know there was like slits and you know slats in the boat that they um they they were floating along so yeah you're just like in a log raft floating across the ocean things are going to happen but luckily Mm. they all survived and there was only a crash at the very end when they hit a a coral reef at the end (laughs) How many people were on that raft? About five or six, I want to say. Wow. Yeah, they were all kind of hanging out. And there is a naked... <laughs> I think this one, they say, on your, is that is that the next part where they say, on your right, there's a naked man? Is that the second part or something like that? Oh, they um, talk about the naked pig. The naked pig. Mm-hmm. There is one of the sailors they filmed. Uh, I think he's naked in one shot. It's kind of hard to <laughs> tell for sure. But I don't know if that reference was to the, the movie as well. Because, you know... He was swimming naked because he was having fun off the side of the boat. Anyway. Beware, a violent sight gag approaches. And to your left is a naked pig. Ah, mango juice. That's about it. Let's talk about, not about the movie. Let's talk about what you guys liked about this uh Conducky. What are some parts that kind of stood out for you? The uh, first, as the first half. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that you thought was was funny. Uh, Kelly, let's start with you. I thought the ABBA references were funny because then it was like, well, they they're all divorced now, and it's like, well, I didn't know they were married. <laughs> yeah, I guess so was he talking about the fact that he didn't think that all the different bands were married together? I well, thought know. that no, ABBA, ABBA was married to each other. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. well, yeah. ABBA's like four people and like yeah. they, I think it was like two married couples if I, if I recall correctly. Yeah. So, and then they broke up and then I think the band broke up if, again, if I remember correctly, I'm not a huge ABBA fan. I just remember something my sister told me one time. They're still doing it. They're still, they're still, to, you know, performing though, so that's good for them. I thought they took a break for a while though. Yeah, but they're they're about to do something with Industrial Light and Magic where they like make them look younger as they're performing or something. It's some oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I did I saw like the pictures of them with like the little ping pong ball uh, yeah 
I I didn't know that was gonna be for something like special effects. I yeah. thought it was just them being weird. It's for it's for some concert that they're gonna do. Oh, I guess it's I, not a hundred percent sure, but I think you you're supposed to look at them and they're gonna have holographic representations of them as oh, they wow. perform live. It would help if I actually clicked on articles I guess, you instead know, of just looking at pictures. Well, I barely read the article. Myself I just like skims over stuff like okay, they're wearing weird outfits. Okay, yeah. next. And I, I looked at it and said, "What's this technology, Abba?" Okay, yeah. uh, scan, scan. Okay, I got it. Bye. Anyway, Nathan, what about you? What were some things that stood out that was funny? Um, I saw uh, a shark that I'm pretty sure was from Jaws. <laughs> it almost did a Jaws theme. I kind of, yeah. I always want them to do the Jaws theme, and I, I think they got about as close as they, they wanted to get. But get. Yeah, yeah, I listened for it, but I didn't really hear it. So. I heard like a boom, 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 oh, boom, okay. and I'm just like, I mean, like it's something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there is music. Uh. <laughs> well, I particularly like the animation in this one. Uh, that really stood out for me. Is just it, every every frame looks really good, um, and I like the different seventy snacks, and that made Plucky feel sick. Even though Bubble Up, I think, would make you feel a little bit better if you were feeling yeah. sick, but. That's just me. I did, I, I, although I did have to look up screaming. I think it's called screaming yellow zonkers or something like that. To say what is that? And it's like a popcorn thing that they had in the seventies. Actually, they stopped making it. I think in the mid two thousands, approximately fifteen years ago, as we were saying, <laughs> which, as we know, is you know ancient history. Uh, anyway, uh, let's go ahead and move on to the second half of today's story which was the making of conducky and kelly why don't you tell us what happened how was this how was this movie made okay so buster's standing outside a theater and he's all dressed up and he's talking about conducky he's on the big screen and you know everybody loved it but how was the movie made and so then we launch into the making of conducky which is um from the you know this time period where Tiny Toons was was out, uh, there were a lot of like making of featurettes and stuff that um, used to come on like Disney Channel with all the new movies, and I guess now they all come on DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff when the movies people, come out. And ironically, people don't even care about those anymore. It's a lot of the making I, of I miss now. Oh um, man, I do too. Because yeah, they, they it seems like they're all well. I mean, Marvel Disney Plus is still doing them sort of. They do yeah. a good job with them, but. A lot of the special yeah, those are features. fun to watch. Um, yeah, I used to watch a show in the '90s called Movie Magic that would you know talk about Terminator and Star Wars. And, yeah. You know, so it, behind the scenes stuff was really big back then. So anyway, um, so they go and and you know it looks like Plucky's on the the raft, but it's actually like people just kind of bouncing him around and splashing him with buckets of water, and Buster's explaining that. Um, for Kondaki locations like Brazil, Tunisia, and Tibet were not used. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was all done on a a soundstage. And, uh, you know, he said that he didn't read the book, but if he had, um, he would have loved it. (laughs) But he knew it was going to make a great film. When I first saw the cover to the book Kondaki, I thought it would make a great film. And if I'd read it, I would have been sure. And, uh, you know, he's really embracing his his director role. He's throwing tantrums and yelling at everybody through his megaphone. And um, during his interviews, he uh, he's wearing a baseball hat and the hat keeps changing. And I noticed particularly because at one point it says 1941 
and then it changes to like an A maybe. And, and then some other times it, you can't even really tell what's on it. But 1941 grabbed my attention because that's one of Spielberg's movies. Not yeah. one of my favorites. I've never been able to get through more than five minutes of that movie. I did watch it once. <laughs> And it's just comedy. I don't really like. Well, it, and, you know, it's like a dated comedy too. I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of those comedies that's like it's a zany comedy. And then yeah, even no, as no, a kid, I've, even <laughs> as a kid though, I was watching and going, I don't really. I mean, I get it, but I like I get that they're trying to be funny, but it just wasn't working. It had a great cast. I it, mean, well, it but really even Spielberg his... kind of admitted, like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done it. Kind yeah, of thing. I think he he had to higher aspirations for it, but. Whatever. So anyway, um, so then Plucky, they explain how he has to go through um, many, many hours of makeup. And so they make a plaster mold of his face. A plaster mold is made of his face and then carefully removed by a time-tested secret movie magic method. Monsieur Director Plucky, someone has parked in your very private parking space. She uh, she makes the the mask from the mold with latex and then puts it over him and puts it on upside down. But he's like, "Don't you wish you, you know you could look this good or something to that effect?" So it's kind of like, "What's the point?" He looks exactly the same. <laughs> but uh, and then Sweetie is actually Richard Nixon that in costume. I am not a crook. I'm only getting scale. Then Hampton, uh, he, well, Plucky is supposed to get hit by a mast after saying uh, mango juice, but he wants Hampton to be his um, stunt person, stunt duck. And uh, then Hampton's kind of scared, and then he, he can't get it right. He says, ah, mango fruit, uh, mango liquid refreshment. <laughs> and, I mean, he keeps getting hit. And every time he, he gets hit, you know, his, his eyes go in different directions, his tongue's hanging out and teeth falling out. And, of course, his performance gets worse and worse because now he's, like, concussed. He's talking about and, Charlie Weaver for the block at the end. It was uh, so some Hollywood star. Hollywood was that thing. Hollywood, Hollywood squares, squares reference. Is that what that was? Yeah. yeah, I think the original. I don't even know who Charlie Weaver is off the top Mm-mm. of my head. No. Nope. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> and then um, Plucky's saying that the crew did a lot of special effects for the movie. We did a tremendous amount of special effects for this movie. If you added up all the effects in Close Encounters, E.T., and the Back to the Future movies, you'd have a very large number. But for the storm scene, they built like a really large fan system. And I think that's the one that they went to... Um, industrial light and hocus pocus for yes which you know uh people that pay close attention to that will realize that um it's parodying industrial light magic yeah and we all know industrial light magic i hope we do because it's coming to star wars and all the um i mean basically was born because of star wars and it's done a whole (laughs) bunch of movies since so um and they're still awesome there's a lot more special effects houses out now than there were back then. Um, a lot more competition, but they still do a lot of amazing stuff. <laughs> so um, they uh, they get to talking about like servo controlled motors and you know using 
uh, in, to make the boat move and things, but it's actually just people standing underneath the boat, moving them. <laughs> so not only that, but I think it's like people, like it's the weirdest thing. It looks like it's almost people operating other people who it, it's, or yeah, it's, it's odd. It looked weird. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I was trying to figure out like, are these people holding up other people? Or I think these are people actually like puppeteering puppets to it. Yeah. So if someone wants to look at that shot and try to figure out what the heck is going on, <laughs> I'd like to know because these people that these other people are holding don't have legs. I honestly think they're people that are holding puppets who are holding the Conti. It's a puppet on a puppet. Like I heard a hat on a hat before, but a puppet on a puppet. I don't know. That's crazy. Anyway. Okay. So then um, Hampton Summer, so it's super awesome working with Plucky, but he's also reading off cue cards because he's like, I, I don't know what the last word is. And Plucky says, it's genius. And then they're talking about the soundtrack being added and Sneezer's playing a kazoo and Sneezer's cute. And uh, Plucky's happy with the film and decides to drink a cup of mango juice. And But he says, ah, mango juice. And then the mast falls from him, falls on him, just like it did with Hampton. Oh, 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 I'm a genius. I am a genius. <laughs> oh, oh, a toast to me. Ah, mango juice. There we go. Ta-da. And, and there we have our movie. It was nice. It was nice that Plucky actually finally got to make a movie after yeah. Hollywood Plucky, you know? And it's really good. It's a good well, I mean, it was I made mean, a whole beginning, middle, and end, and had it released plus a special features. I mean, wow, that's it's quite impressive. Um, I uh, there's there's quite a bit of stuff in this second part that's really funny. I mean, the mango juice bit. I mean that that is probably I think that honestly that has to be the number one reason why people even recommended this cartoon to begin with. Mm. But Nathan, what what were some things that stood out for you in the second half? Uh, mango juice. <laughs> mango juice. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just fun seeing uh, whenever people have to, like, say nice things about Plucky. It's obviously he's written it, but... Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, uh, it was a cute, like, uh, behind-the-scenes kind of thing I, I enjoyed. Uh, all of that. I particularly liked the Pluggy Doug or... Mm-hmm. getting really mad at plunky. your chair uh, yeah because the and the chair keeps changing like plunky dunk or something you know a bunch of different misspellings of his name uh that that was a good running gag that they didn't necessarily call attention to each time mm-hmm. but stuff you could see uh as well there was a, also a really weird reference uh dealing with the warner brothers water tower that said something to the effect of after we're done what do they say? After we're done kicking Columbia out or something? After we booted out Columbia. Yeah. Which could be a reference to the Warner Brothers and Columbia Pictures sharing ownership of the famous Warner Brothers backlog in Burbank from Thank 1972 you. to 1990. Thank you, Nathan, for finally figuring that out. Because I just I could... read the show notes that I gave to you. Oh, wow. Uh, well, there you go. There we They kicked. So there you go. I was trying to figure out what the heck that was, but I didn't read. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Never learned how. I know. The truth <laughs> comes out, finally. Well, Kelly, were there any other moments of this uh, second half that really kind of stood out as something that you, you liked quite a bit? I, I think I mentioned all of mine. 
All righty. Well, I think we had better get straight to our water tower rating. What do you two think? Out of five water towers, how many would you give this episode of Tiny Toon Adventures? Nathan, let's start with you. Um, well, let's see. There's no Babs Bunny at all in this Ooh. episode. So if you're a big fan of Babs Bunny, which I don't need a Babs. I mean, like, I like Babs. But I we like got Shirley and Fifi and, and Sweetie and uh, um, I guess, yeah. But yeah, we just didn't get Tress McNeil, I guess. So I don't <laughs> know. No, um, I'm going to say four. I'll say four out okay. of five because it was a very funny, especially mango juice. There's at least one water tower just for mango juice. <laughs> Kelly, what about you? How many would you give this episode? I think I'll also go with four. Um, I'm not generally the biggest plucky fan. But there were so many references and, and so much in the episode and, you know, Spielberg references, of course, which gives it like an extra, extra water tower. And um, I just, yeah, I just, I thought it was fun. Well, I, I gotta, I gotta mention one more possible and it's, if it's a Spielberg reference, it's pretty weak. But when Hampton, uh, when Plucky needs his lines, you know, and he's like looking around on Hampton for the lines, he pulls his eyelids down. And I thought, oh, that's kind of like in Raiders with the girl like who has love. I love you written on my eye. It it made me think of it a little bit. Hmm. It's probably. Yeah, I didn't think I think about it, but it might be a reference. Might be. I'm giving this one a four as well. I was going to give it three and a half, but, you know, going over it again and then uh, actually watching the movie that it's, you know, slash, you know, book that it's based upon uh you know i have a better appreciation for it i think uh the mango juice bit is classic it's great stuff it's wonderfully animated like i said every single frame of this is really fantastic so yeah that's a solid four and that makes it a triple agreement all right well let's go ahead and get to some contact information (laughs) kelly where can people get in contact with you online (laughs) I am on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly at BigShinyRobot.com. All right, and Nathan, what about you? Oh, Joey, I'm on Twitter, uh, DjangoFT, that's me. All right, and as for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and a few other social places that I'd never really use, but you can try those too. And, of course, the best place to go to find out about us is, of course, over at RetroZap. We're a proud member of the RetroZap Podcasting Network, and if you want to see what we got going on over there, just head to Animaniacast.com. That'll take you to our RetroZap archives, and you'll be able to easily access all the other stuff on RetroZap as well, whether it's podcasts or articles. It's all head just all happening over there. And if you're a super fan of Animaniacs or of our show, well, become a patron of us and uh, support our show. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash animaniacast. You'll get bonus audio, including audio commentaries of every episode of Animaniacs featuring Tom Ruger. It's super cool. And sometimes special guests. Yeah. So a lot of cool stuff heading over there at, at uh, the Patreon. So uh, head over there, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player. You, you guys know the rest. 
And uh, you can head to our Discord by going to discord.animaniacast.com and you can join the conversation over there. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated. Assistant, you! Please fix the chair, dear one. Oh, the burden of brilliance. Did you get that?